We wrap up a massive, massive recruiting June for Michigan State football. Three Michigan State Spartans are off to the NBA, and then some NIL news to send you off into the rest of the week on Locked On Spartans. Let's do it. Our Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Look at it. Look, look, look at this. It's you. The, the greatest people I know, listeners and viewers of Locked On Spartans, how on earth are you doing on this beautiful well, Sunday night if you're watching on YouTube or Monday if you're listening to the podcast or heck, if you even save this episode and you're watching on a random Thursday, whatever day or time you are watching or listening, thank you so much for starting your day with Locked On Spartans. That's right. Your team, well, I usually say your team every single day, but you know, for the months of June and July, Three days a week. Uh, we do it Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and then when August comes around, that's right, we're back to five days a week of just bantering about your Michigan State Spartans. That's right. A uh, little bit of housekeeping I want to do right off the top here. So I, uh, I'll i be straight up with you. I will be away from the internet, hopefully all together, from uh, Monday to Wednesday. If anything breaking happens in the world of Michigan State that I don't touch on, uh, whether it be today or tomorrow's show, we will hit it on Thursday. Today, as I'm recording late Saturday night, we're going to talk about everything that uh, we just saw in the month of June for Michigan State football. It was great. Also, tomorrow's show, great chat with John Garcia Jr. of Sports Illustrated. He is the director of football recruiting. He gives us an awesome national perspective on how MSU did in the month. And, you know, say sometimes we can look at things in green stained glasses or think that maybe we're just too big of homers. Or are we? John Garcia Jr. has a lot of good stuff, so you'll enjoy that chat tomorrow. But yes, if like Tom Izzo decides that, nah, you know what, I am going to take that Lakers job after all, we're going to be waiting until Thursday to at least hear my voice talk about that. So I just want to clear that up right now. And number two, hey, Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, hit us up, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. All right, enough with the boring stuff at the top of the show. Thank you for sitting through that. I just want to be transparent and direct with you, so that is where we stand there. Now, where where does Michigan State football stand in the world of recruiting? Obviously pretty good. If you've listened to even a single episode from the last month, you knew that June was a big, 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 big month for our Michigan State football Spartans. Uh, and how big? Well, let's let's take a nice, fond look back at it, shall we? We saw five stars. We saw four stars. We saw Ferraris. We saw the Flapjacks. We saw the farm animals. We saw it all. Of course, I'm referencing those awesome photo shoots uh, from the Michigan State creative team just from the last four weekends of official visits. But in those four official visits, 39 visitors took a trip to East Lansing officially, and 31 of those gentlemen, that's right, were rated four-star or higher. Now, of course, it doesn't matter unless you get some commits here or there, and that's exactly what Michigan State got. They got five commits in the month of June Kinda. We'll elaborate on that here. Well, right now, 
actually. Uh, let's start at the beginning of the month. Chance Rucker, you kick off the month of commits with the four-star cornerback out of Texas, rated the 40th best cornerback in the nation per 24-7 sports. Uh, not bad at all. Two days after him, Demetrius Bell. That's right, top 350 kid. I think he is an amazing receiver. And I'm also not the only one that thinks he's an amazing receiver. We will get to more on that here in a little bit. Uh, but also, chasing him was Jordan Hall, MSU's second best commit of the 2023 class, just behind defensive end Andrew DePape. He is a linebacker that, hey, not only committed to Michigan State on his visit a few weeks ago, but also said, yeah, sorry, Michigan, I'm not coming on that visit I was scheduled to. Sorry, Notre Dame, I'm not doing that either. He not just committed, but also canceled his visits to other schools he was going to, you know, pay a nice visit to uh, later on. So we'd like to see that. we really love to see it if it's about that school down the road. So, yes, Jordan Hall, top 200 player, number 14th ranked linebacker. Also, Clay Whedon, he is the number 21 ranked interior lineman per 24-7 sports, of course. And, he, listen, he was one considered to be a big lean for Auburn. He visited Auburn a few times, and he never visited Michigan State until his official visit. And that was enough for him to be like, yeah, this is my digs. So that's another great player from the state of Florida, Michigan State, got. Now we go to the fifth name here, and this is why I say five commits-ish, kind of. And that is Jalen Braxton, uh, awesome cornerback. He is rated in the top 35 for the cornerback position. Uh, he committed two weeks ago, but then took a visit to Arkansas. And now the wheels are starting to turn that, even though he was committed for roughly 16 seconds, might be going to Arkansas. Actually, it's so widely considered that maybe he's not going to Michigan State. So much so that 24-7 sports doesn't even consider him a Michigan State commit anymore. Yikes. Okay. Well, and he didn't, you know, come up with a statement or anything that, you know, a lot of high school kids do when they decommit. They, he didn't, you know, take a screenshot of a notes app or anything and post it on Twitter. It's just that there's enough smoke going around that uh, maybe it's not as hard of a commit as the other four. So that's why we say five-ish. Now, with that said, just because one kid looks like he might decommit, is that the end of the world? Uh, no. God, no. No, things are still going just dandy. I mean, that's just the world of recruiting. I mean, listen, Michigan State is in the world where they are going to have to fight for a lot of these kids to stay committed through the cycle. But when you're coming off an 11-win season, you have the coaching continuity that Michigan State has. You just have the outright swagger that Mel Tucker has. Um, it's going to help keep some of these, if not most, if not almost all of these commits, fine. So, no, the sky is not falling by any means. Because, yeah, programs try to flip players from other programs. And while we're on that note, let's talk about that right now. Actually, let's talk about flipping kids from other programs right now because uh, this is a two-way street. Teams will try to do it to Michigan State as Michigan State tries to do it to other teams as well. And, wow, great example of that is Mr. Elliot Washington. That's right. That's a name you might know. Alrighty, because we've talked about him here and there. He is a Alabama commit, but then a few weeks ago had an announcement that was pretty much a decommitment from Alabama. He essentially said, I'm going to go on all my official visits, take in the process, see what place is best for me, which is what you should do as 
you know, you're a pretty elite high school athlete. So that's what he said. And he came up to Michigan State, but one weekend after he was originally supposed to. He was supposed to the prior weekend, had a family emergency, had to reschedule it. And then at the last second, he was on that flight to DTW. Uh, he came up to East Lansing, made that official visit official. And ever since he did quasi-decommit from Alabama, he has been kind of known as a Michigan State lean. So if a flip is going to happen, maybe it happens soon. I, who's to say? I'm not to say. But there is some smoke, especially with the recruiting experts, especially, especially those fine people at 24-7 Sports. I'm talking Justin Thin, Corey Robinson, Stephen Brooks, the guys that really know their so, yeah, I, listen, if you can get Elliott Washington to flip from Alabama, you're getting a four-star safety, the number six-rated safety in the nation, and a guy that's a track star in Alabama, too. So, speaking of Alabama, actually, that's right. Yeah, we're, we're going to shoot some locked-on rolling tide here uh, at the end of this first segment because there, there's some connections here. And the first one is, yeah, as we recap the month of June recruiting, the biggest fish out there is going to be Samson Uncolola. That is the offensive tackle, number two rated offensive tackle in the country, five-star kid from Massachusetts. And by all means, seems like it's down to Miami, Alabama, and MSU. Yes, there is still, you know, obviously a lot of time left, and he can add any school that he wants to that mix. I mean, God, he's only desired by every single school in the nation. But, yes, that is what it is down to. Looks like Alabama could be a, a tough team to beat. Go figure. I'm not breaking any news there. And, uh, yeah, Miami's got some nice recruiting traction down there as well. So it's a fun one. We do talk about Samson Okanlola with John Garcia Jr. in tomorrow's episode. And he – listen, he's not he's not saying MSU is a lock by any means, but, like, he is giving them a fair fight here. So a lot of good stuff from John Garcia tomorrow. And also, yeah, we're going to bring up a third name when it comes to MSU slash Alabama – you know, as you do, uh, Demetrius Bell. Yes, the, the wide receiver that we just talked about. I said I love his game. And unfortunately, so does Nick Saban. Uh, Nick Saban likes his game as well, as Demetrius Bell did pick up an Alabama offer. Now, was there plans to visit? I don't know. I, I'm talking about this less than 24 hours after Demetrius Bell himself tweeted out that he did get this offer. So, I don't know. But really, um, okay, great. Great eye for scouting from Michigan State's point of view. But B, again, I mean, this is just going to happen with every guy that's verbally committed to not just Michigan State, but to any school that has a desirable sheet of offers. Like, that's just how it goes now these days. So, no, um, not really going to lose a lot of sleep on that. But, yeah, hey, Demetrius Bell, good enough of a player to get that Alabama offer as well. So, good on you, Michigan State, right there. So, as it stands right now, per 24-7 sports, Michigan State is number 17 in the country uh, as far as recruiting team rankings go. A lot of game left. Uh, a lot of, you know, we talked about this with Colton last week that he suspects it'll be in the 11 to 15 range. I think it'll be around there as well when it's all said and done. But right now, listen, you have 10 commits right now, which is solid, but it also means that there's you know, a long way to go. There's a lot of dust to be settled in this game. But what I do like here is that of the 10 commits, seven of them are four stars. <laughs> Bang. How about that? And speaking of four stars, really quick, uh, Peyton Kirkland, 
That's right, four-star offensive tackle. He got some crystal balls from the MSU recruiting elite to Michigan State. However, he will not announce his decision until late July, he says. And it's kind of been not assumed, not known, but whatever two notches below either of those words are, that Miles McVeigh and Peyton Kirkland could be a package deal as well. Miles McVeigh, just like his friend Peyton Kirkland, is also a four-star offensive tackle. He is from East St. Louis, Missouri. So you get both of those guys, uh, that would be figuratively and literally a big splash in the recruiting world for Michigan State. So here we are. That was June. I'm a little dizzy. That was crazy because um, we've never seen a month of recruiting like that in East Lansing. Uh, No exaggeration needed. So, wow, as we coast into July here, where are we going to talk about the rest of the month? Ah, please, come on. We we got all sorts of stuff to talk about. Um, And we're actually going to switch sports here in a hot second. That's right. We're going to talk about what happened Thursday night and uh, early Friday morning, too, when it comes to NBA stuff. I just got to talk your ear off really quick about bet on Line. That is right. It's the number one sports betting site for you. Uh, yeah, guys, NBA is over. I'm as sad as you are. Um, NBA draft is over. NFL is months away from starting, but that's not going to stop Bet Online from getting some great lines out there, some great futures, some great props for NFL, for some college football, for the rest of the MLB season. Uh, hey, PGA is still going on. Don't forget about that. Come on now. So bet online, guys. They are your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Major League Baseball season. Because, like I've said a hundred times, bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite sports, events, including you know MMA, boxing, golf, the three most physical sports in the land. So head to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends in action. That's right, it's at BetOnline where the game starts. And before getting into the mix here with the NBA Draft Recap, hey, just want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day. Please rate, please subscribe, please review, please comment, please do whatever you want to do this podcast. You guys are great. You guys have earned that liberty. So go nuts, go crazy, do whatever you got to do here. Um, let's talk about some Spartans in the NBA because we heard three names, not necessarily get their names said at the NBA draft, but we saw the three names in the mix here. Uh, after a fun NBA draft, and I say fun because I'm a Pistons fan and I love how that turned out, but this isn't locked on Pistons. This is locked on Spartans here. So let's talk about, well, the guy who we all expected to get drafted. It was just a matter of where he was going to get drafted, not just team, but also pick. Max Christie was mock draft anywhere between, I think, 25 was the highest I saw him. All the way down to like 48 was the lowest I saw him. But he goes to the Lakers. He goes to the Lakers, which was the 35th pick overall. So um, that's that's solid. That's right in the middle and obviously a, a storied franchise. I, probably better to go to a team like the Los Angeles Lakers than, I don't know, some podunk team like Orlando Magic. I don't have to tell you that. But let's also be honest here that this whole, this whole saga – just is mystifying to me. Like the the pick itself from the Lakers point of view was just as confusing as the whole Max Christie leaving Michigan state 
thing has been too. So this is just a a big cloud of confusion for for me at least. And what I mean by that is, of course, I'm going to elaborate here is that yeah, it was kind of confusing that Max Christie left Michigan State. You guys have known my opinions on this if you've listened to previous episodes when we talk about this topic. I'm sure odds are you feel the same way because I feel like the majority of Michigan State fans are in this boat, but probably could have benefited from what I call a Gary Harris year. And what I mean by that is a second year where you work on a lot of things, get yourself up to the top 15, top 20 of the draft. But instead, he he, he leaves. Kind of a head-scratcher there. And I got to say, listen, I'm not going to claim to be an NBA expert, especially when it comes to the Los Angeles Lakers. But hear me out here. Kind of confusing <laughs> that the Lakers, which seem with LeBron in his complete, absolute end of the twilight of his career, and Anthony Davis, who gets hurt every 14 seconds, kind of seems like a win-now organization. Really not a lot of time to just take a project on, especially if you have only one pick in the entire draft and you take on, okay, a project in Max Christie. I digress, and I love this quote, too, from Lakers GM Rob Polinka, and it also makes me feel a little better. I think it's going to make you feel a little better that, no, it's not just a state slappy saying that Max Christie could have come back for a second year and benefited at Michigan State. The Lakers GM himself all but said the same thing too. Rob Polinka quote, we really think he's a guy that if he would have chosen to go back to school, you're talking about a guy that could have easily been in the top 20, top 15 of next year's draft. So to be able to get a player like that and develop him with the 35th pick is rare, and we are really proud. Okay, that's uh, that's a good way to spin it, but again, I... I don't necessarily think the Lakers are a team that can just sit around and wait for something to pan out three years from now. But uh, again, um, that's just uh, mine and a lot of people's opinion. I, who, who, who am I kidding? It's a lot of people's opinion. Um, I'm not going to act like I'm saying any hot takes here. This is pretty widely known. And a guy that knows a lot of his stuff, as most people that write for the athletic do, Sam Vecini, great NBA guy to follow, says, quote, Christie is a project, pure and simple. A team's evaluation of him comes down to where it is organizationally with its roster spots and how confidently it feels about developing his frame over the next two years. He will not be effective as a rookie. Not a ring endorsement uh, right there. Uh, No doubt about that. But you know what? I'm going to turn a page here, and I'm going to talk about the positives of this landing spot with, you know, Max Christie, the Lakers, all that fun stuff. and. Look, Max Christie did test as one of the quicker players in the draft. The guys that went through the combine, he was very good laterally. He was very good end-to-end of the court. So, yeah, you, you know, you do get a quick player. Now, can his legs survive a season that long? Yeah, I don't think he's going to be logging 30 minutes a night like he was at Michigan State. And with that said, too, he is a good defender. He was always, okay, maybe not always, but more times than not. I think that's fair against the other team's best wing player. And look, I, I've talked up and down about his jumper. Not great numbers. South of 30% in Big Ten play, not good. But like, it's not like he, he has a Charles Barkley golf swing of a jump shot. It is a good-looking shot. There's no hitch there. It's not going to have a complete overhaul to get his three-pointer where it has to be. 
So maybe that is going to be an easier reclamation project than others. Like, hey, me, even myself might lead on to believe. So it's a fascinating situation that Chrissy's in right now because you might just say automatic G League for him. And that's very possible. He goes down to the, I think, the the South Bay Lakers, I believe is what they're called. But we, we are talking about a team with some roster limitations and I don't think they're doing too well against the cap, so like who else can they really add? Now, am I saying that Chrissy's gonna be logging, you know, 28 minutes a night? He'll be starting 41 games for the Los Angeles Lakers? No. No, but like he might be that guy at the end of the bench, ninth guy, tenth guy, eleventh. I more than we ever thought that he would as a rookie coming out of state after that season. So as we move on to the other two gentlemen that are going to be fighting for a spot in the G League or the NBA. Gabe Brown, Marcus Bingham. They both signed Exhibit 10 deals. Gabe Brown with the Oklahoma City Thunder and Marcus Bingham to the Dallas Mavericks. And I know what you're thinking. What on earth is an Exhibit 10 deal? That's a great question. Uh, Essentially, long story short, it is a one-year minimum salary contract. Uh, It's a training camp invite, essentially. Not guaranteed money or anything like that. Each team gets six of these. So, you know, OKC burnt one of their six on Gabe Brown. The Mavs burnt one of their six on Marcus Bingham. So, as Summer League in Las Vegas starts on July 7th, this is going to be it. This is what these guys are fighting for is a two-way contract in the NBA, split time between the G League, the NBA, maybe just get a straight-up G League spot. Whatever it is, um, you know, needless to say that these guys are going to be fighting for spots in the G League or the NBA, which is that's that's great. I I think um, maybe there's a good handful of people that take you know making the G League as some bad thing, but no, that's great if you're good enough professionally to get there. But let's take it one step further. Um, what are the odds of actually like carving out somewhat of a roster spot on these NBA teams? Maybe it's not overly far fetched. Again, I I don't think the odds are outstanding, but I I think there is a spin zone with some honesty behind it that we could talk about for these guys like Gabe Brown. Well, like solid shooter, really good shooter. And when he's hot, my God, he he's hotter than a $3 pistol. And you can carve out a role in the NBA for being good at some things, but elite at one and being a catch and shoot three point specialist, solid defender on the other end, good athlete. There's room in the NBA for that. And Yes, I know that at Michigan State, you know, I was one of these people that banged my head against the drywall almost after every single game because, God, Gabe Brown, you never drove to the hoop. You never absorbed contact. Why can't you just dribble through track? Okay, but I don't think he's going to have to do that in the NBA if he just has that niche role of being a three-point specialist. That can also be a rangy defender on the other end. So maybe that's his you know, place in the door in Oklahoma City. And Marcus Bingham, look, I think it's as easy as this, that the Mavs are, as far as the whole league goes, kind of thin at depth for center. And, I mean, if it's going to be the Marcus Bingham that we saw at the end of the season from, like, the Big Ten tournament on, I I know that's a microscopic sample size, but, man, if if you can get him to lock in, he's got the frame. He, he can extend his offensive game a little bit. So maybe, maybe. So that's that. That's that's where we sit with uh, with Gabe Brown, 
Marcus Bingham, Max Christie. Obviously going to be rooting for these guys here uh, as they, you know, start their NBA journey July 7th in Las Vegas in the Summer League. So, yeah, that'll be a fun one to watch for all three of those guys. Um, And also really quick, I I did look at 2023 mocks. Uh, I looked at one in particular on Yahoo.com. No state players there and really no Big Ten players in the first round of the 2023 NBA mock draft. The only guy that made Yahoo's uh, first round 2023 NBA mock draft from the Big Ten is Iowa's Chris Murray, and they had him as the 29th overall pick. And listen, if Imani Bates ends up going to Michigan, that'll be the other guy that's in the mock draft, and you would be 20th overall, which is uh, – Great decision um, picking against Michigan State and the Hall of Fame coach. That move to Memphis really worked out well for you there. Can't wait to see where the next move goes. Anyway, uh, we will switch it up here in a hot second. We'll hit the football field again because there's some fun NIL news here. It's got to take a quick break if you're listening to the podcast right now to go through some quick, quick ads. But, hey, if you're on YouTube, let's get into it right now. So we'll clean up the end of this show with some MSU NIL news. And, um, of course, there's NIL deals all over the place, uh, you know, just nationally with Michigan State. and But this is unique. Th- these two um, NIL news breakers that I'm going to talk about are, are a little unique as far as fan experience, too, because I think this is one that includes both me and you as slappy Michigan State Fans, you know, this isn't just you know a rich car dealership guy throwing out money at X or a jeweler down the road throw money at Y or I don't know a restaurant owner throw money at Z. Like, no, this is what we have here with the East Lansing NIL Club and SD4L. That's right, we're going to talk about those. Are very unique because they are both membership based. Uh, NIL clubs, not not collectives. This is not the Texas A&M thing where you got a bunch of rich people throwing their money together and uh, you just shrug and all of a sudden a recruiting class has north of 30 million, allegedly. But hear me out here. So first up is the East Lansing NIL club. Now this is unique. Um, they're going to offer message boards, player content, whether it's like a post-game show perhaps or video content. Uh, They'll have in-person events like meet and greets, autograph signings, and also a members-only tailgate. Uh, This is all off their website. And this is unique. This is what I like about this. The proceeds from the East Lansing NIL Club are split equally amongst players on the Michigan State football team. So every football team member is pretty locked into this. Uh, They're all going to get a slice of this pie. Now, how big is the pie? Okay, we could kind of do some simple math here, and that's that's the only math I do, keep in mind, uh, that it just got announced last week that they are going to sell 4,000 memberships being sold annually at $199 per year. That comes out to uh, roughly a little less, just, just a hair less of $800,000. So if that money is being divided by the 85 scholarship players, that's a little over $9,000. Or if it truly is every single player on Michigan State's football team, you know, like you add walk-ons, you're a little over 100 kids on the roster. We're talking around like seven or eight grand for everyone, which is, uh, that's nice. That's solid. That's great. That's what we're talking about. And that is a good way to balance it all out and a great way for 
you to get involved, for me to get involved, as is with this next NIL newsbreaker that we will talk about. This is SD4L. Now, if you've been on Twitter, if you follow out what was formerly the Inside the Locker Room show with Brian Masalem, they actually just changed the name of their show to the SD4L show. And what this does, yes, you get content. Yes, you get events. But also, the main crux of this NIL newsbreaker is what I keep calling them, is that this is more so a merchandise company. Now, you may have seen some of the apparel so far from SD4L, which I should add stands for Spartan Dog for Life, in case you didn't know. Um, Mel Tucker has worn plenty of their clothing in photo shoots, videos, and I gotta say, like, and I'm, I'm not getting paid or anything, I'm getting no kickback for this for what I'm about to say, the gear is sick. It is awesome. Uh, the, the logo of the dog is amazing. You know, they got camo hoodies with Nia, whatever. You guys can make your own judgments. I, for one, uh, think it's awesome. So what this does, just like the East Lansing NIL Club, you pay an annual membership fee. For SD4L, the basic membership is $72. And if you want it stepped up, it's $132. Uh, and what, you know, you get as the, the basic member, you get the, the exclusive content, you get access to their limited edition merch and also entries into uh, sign memorabilia. If you want to kick it up to that, uh, top dog member is what they call it. Uh, you get all that, what I just named, but you're also first in line for the limited edition merch. And you're also entered into sweepstakes for, uh, you know, field passes for football courtside seats for basketball. So two really good opportunities as fans to kind of get involved with NIL. Now, with that said, I don't know what the money is going to be like for SD4L because this is the fun part. Um, Steven St. Andre, the CEO of Digital, or I'm sorry, um, Shift Digital, is, uh, is a backer of this. And that name might sound familiar. Because it is familiar, he was one of the two gentlemen that kind of funded Mel Tucker's whole 10-year, $95 million extension. So with a billionaire with the B, uh, you know, having uh, a say in this. It, it, it's not just the membership money for me and you. Yes, the $79 or the $132 that me or you chip in is fun. It's great. It's awesome. It, it's going to add up, especially, you know, if you get thousands of memberships, which I think that is what they intend. And also when you buy the hoodies, the t-shirts, everything, that's going to add up, of course. But that money is also pretty cute compared to what some of the backers of this brand can do here. So, in short, let's say, um, okay, well, what if what if I don't want to spend another $100 on a membership? I'm already spending money for tickets. You know, maybe I'm taking a road trip this year to go see Michigan State. Maybe I buy enough clothes. Does this out me as a bad fan? No, come on. Don't be ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous. I, I know... You know, everyone knows how expensive fandom can be. Just because you don't pay for membership doesn't mean you're a fake fan. But with that said, I go for it because th this is a great way to get in the door and also, you know, feel like that you're involved with the NIL thing. And no, this isn't like ownership of the Green Bay Packers where you just get a certificate and it says you're an owner, even though that you're not really doing anything. Like here with both these brands, you, you can trust that the money will be going to players. 
I mean, you are paying for a service in the end, you know, like you are getting their content. You are going to be involved in events should you go to them. So no, you're not a fake fan if you don't, but it's a really cool opportunity at a good price point. If you're not someone that's owning a business of their own and is shelling out, I don't know, 80K for an NIL deal. Like this is a nice, you know what this is? This is my kind of way to get involved with NIL. That's right, baby. So there we go. Love that. I'm not going to tell you which one to go to. I Hey, do both. That's great. If you want to choose one or the other, it's, so it's all up to you. Um, This isn't me preaching down to you <laughs> to tell you where to spend your money. Heck, I, 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 I'm just gracious that you spend your time with us at Lockdown Spartans, and I would never take it any further than that. But I just wanted to you know, bring this up because I think this is actually newsworthy and something that's very inclusive for state fans like you, like me. And just to get to know a little bit more about it. So there you have it. Um, any other questions, I'm sure you can direct it to the East Lansing NIL Club or SD4L. Look at me just offering up their um, answering services without any permission of that whatsoever. But, hey, that's how we roll here on Locked on Spartans. Ask for forgiveness, not permission. There we go. That's how we do business, baby. So, um, gang, can't thank you enough for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen. Like I said, um, we got John Garcia Jr. of Sports Illustrated on tomorrow's show. It's a it's a great chat because he, you know, yeah, he is very plugged in with Michigan State recruiting, but also just recruiting, recruiting. Like he knows everything nationally, so he's awesome. Great half hour chat with him. Keep it tuned there. Uh, again, any questions? Lockdownspartans at gmail.com. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. I cannot thank you enough for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day. Love every single one of you. Let's go. Go Green.